1: Hello, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Dr. Low Radio. This is Dr. Lauren Noel, I am your host, and thanks for joining me. Tonight we have a show that I think most of us can relate to. We're talking all about fatigue and things that zap your energy. Obviously, it's about getting to the root of the problem, right? It's not like, okay, you're low in energy, let's give you some Red Bull. It's okay, let's get to the root of why is your energy low? We'll talk about some of the things that can zap your energy and also ways that you can help to boost your energy more naturally and so I think you'll get a lot out of the show tonight. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for joining me. You can listen to any of the previous shows over on the iTunes library. Also, if you have left me a review, I thank you so, so much. That warms my heart to see all of that. So if you haven't left a review and you've been listening to the show for a while, I would love it if you would head over to the iTunes podcast app on your phone or on your computer and leave me a review, preferably five stars. And if you have any comments, that would be Great. I read each and every one of those. So thank you so much for that. To learn a little bit more about me and my practice, you can head over to drlaurennoel.com. On that website, I also have a free gift for you, which is my ebook called Wired But Tired. And it's something I wrote about how to basically have energy throughout the whole day and how to set up your life in a way that actually fosters energy rather than depletes energy from you. And in that ebook, I also share things that I do every day to help give myself energy from the moment I wake up until I go to sleep. So I like to share a lot of my little hacks that I've learned over the years and really make a huge difference and kind of maintaining that. So you're not by the end of the day, dragging and crawling in your house (laughs) after the day has beat you up, but you actually feel good and you feel, you know, like you had a great day and you're, you know, you can rest and you feel tired, but not where you're actually wiped out and collapsing into bed. That's what it's all about. So to grab that ebook, you head over to drlaurennoel.com and you'll get it right into your inbox. And a little bit more about me and my practice, you can head over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. That's where I share about my practice here in San Diego. I work with patients in the area as well as all over the country. So happy to help if you're looking for some support in your health and want to get yourself feeling lots better and maybe get some testing done. Testing is super fun. You learn so much about your body, whether it's micronutrient testing or looking at your hormones or maybe doing some poop testing to see if you have stuff going on in your gut. And it's very empowering to get to the root of things. So happy to help if you're looking for support in that area over at ShineNaturalMedicine.com. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. On tonight's show, we have a repeat guest, because he's so good, and we have Dr. Tim Gersmar back on the show. He is a good buddy of mine. He's also a naturopathic doctor. He's a national speaker and a wellness expert. His clinic, called Aspire Natural Health, up in the Pacific Northwest, he's one of the region's leading functional medicine practitioners. He specializes in treating digestive dysfunctions, autoimmune disorders, and other hard-to-treat cases. Cases that have stumped four to ten other doctors, and I've definitely heard that in my practice. It's amazing the, the cases that we see. Doctor G is a nerd at heart. That's one re- another reason why I love him. Uh, he played hours upon hours of Dungeon Dragons as a kid. I did, <laughs> these, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> these days, he's turned his passion for slaying dragons into, I'll say, into slaying a disease. How about that? Hey, that's uh, awesome. Hey. <laughs> and he's really helping people and paying it all back. So, Doctor Doctor G. Welcome back to Dr. Low Radio.
2: Hey, awesome. Glad to be back with you. I was so excited when we got to meet up at Paleo FX and hang out a little bit. Um, I think you're out there doing awesome work, Lauren. So um, really glad you. you know you're helping spread the word because um, as much as this stuff is bread and butter to you and I helping deal with some of these issues, it, it always it, it's a reminder when someone comes in. I, I had someone come in just last week, and um, I know that's not the topic of what we're dealing with today. But this person had Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease of the digestive tract. And he'd been through two uh, experimental trial drugs trying to get control of his disease. And they were hoping to find a third trial because nothing else was working for this poor guy. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he'd lost so much weight. He was kind of, you know, skeletal just from everything that had happened. And... We were talking about the toll that it's taken on his life and his family, his job, everything. And, you know, the magic for me was while he tried so much of the conventional system, he'd done basically nothing on, on the natural, holistic, alternative side of things. So I'm really excited what, you know, for you and I, we take for granted but how we can help so many other people. So by, yeah. you know, spreading this word... Uh, we just want to reach out to people and say, listen, if, if you have problems that are going on for you and, you know, you've been told there's nothing that can be done or that maybe even worse that there's nothing wrong with you, even though you yeah. feel terrible, you, you know, you don't have the quality of life you want. There's a whole lot out there beyond just what, you know, the conventional system is able to offer you. Mm-hmm.
1: So just, yes. just a little
2: hope and and healing out there for everybody. Uh, I
1: love what you said. And I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this podcast is just letting people know what they have as options and just knowing that right. there's another side out there. And I love it when a, a patient goes to their doctor and the doctor says it's this, and that patient has that feeling, Oh, I think there's something more to it there. Or if they've heard, yeah. you know, this podcast or other podcasts, they go, I think there is another option I, I should look at. Right. So that's what it's about is just giving that information. So you all out there know that you have other you know other possibilities to look at and and also too that you know your body more than anybody and right. if you have that sense that something is off like you said the worst case scenario you go to all these doctors and they, and they can't find any anything wrong because you feel like you're a crazy person but really they just haven't figured out what it is yet and if there's something you have is that feeling that there, there's potentially something really going on you know
2: well, exactly. I mean, the thing that makes me nuts is when doctors think to tell patients that there's nothing wrong. Right. When clearly, clearly, the people know that there's something wrong. So, yeah. you know, we're going to talk like about fatigue and energy and being tired all the time and everything. We're going to talk about that today. And, you know, the number of people who come in and see me with issues like that and their doctor tells them, well, you know, your lab tests are fine. Therefore, nothing's really wrong when clearly people know there's something wrong.
1: Yeah, And and
2: what the doctor really should say is, I don't know what's wrong with you.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Instead, they say there's nothing wrong with you. And that does a tremendous disservice to patients. And so, you know, we always tell people, listen, you live inside your body. You you may not know what's wrong, but you sure know when something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And if the doctors that you've been to or the health practitioners or whatever they are, you know, either haven't been able to help you or tell you, you know, they don't, there's nothing wrong with you. Unfortunately, you need to take a step back and go, okay, that doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with me. What it really means is that this particular practitioner doesn't have the skills or the knowledge that are necessary. And again, nothing against that practitioner, but that are really necessary to help you out. And so you need to, you know, find, Another practitioner to really who who can get to what's actually going on for you.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. and and I love how this really ties into what we're talking about tonight, which is is the topic of energy and fatigue. This is a very yep. common reason why patients go to doctors and they right. get sent on their merry way. Like, well, nothing's wrong with you. You know, come back when you're sick, or you know, if something else later happens, come back. Right. But but right. that's where naturopathic doctors and doctors train in more holistic therapies. We know that, okay, if there is fatigue, there's something underneath the hood for us to look at. Right. So I love this topic because I know, I mean, how common is it for people to just be dragging to throughout their day? Oh, I mean, that's why Starbucks time. is a right. multi, however many dollar business. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's this is something real people are dealing with.
2: Well, have you heard, uh, so there's, any, I, I have never confirmed this, but someone I went to school with years ago was saying that they used to work for NOAA the National OC wait a minute see if i get this right National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> it's they- yeah, seriously. But they said that the organization so if you've never been to Seattle Seattle sits next to Puget Sound which is this this big body of water that then em- the Puget Sound then empties into the Pacific Ocean. So it's kind of like Seattle Puget Sound Pacific Ocean. And what they said was they could tell where the water from the from Puget Sound went into the Pacific Ocean, and the way they could tell that was the amount of caffeine that was in the water. So basically, Seattle has one of the highest coffee consumptions uh, in the world, I believe. Oh, I'm uh, sure. At least in the United States, and um, you know that uh, uh, people don't think about this sometimes, but that caffeine, you drink it, your liver metabolizes it, you detoxify it, and then Basically, pee it away. That goes down into the into the sewers and into the water treatment. And then caffeine isn't something that's filtered out or removed by waste treatment plants. So then it goes into the into the water,
1: and <laughs> then um, so so. Uh, I'm just imagining all those dra- yeah. all the uh, dolphins over there just right. getting all cracked out on caffeine. Yeah,
2: very, <laughs> well, you heard of a disturbing, or maybe you didn't, but there was a very disturbing uh, paper that came out that said they, they'd sampled some of the fish near Seattle, uh, for chemicals in them. And they found that they, they found traces of cocaine and birth control pills in, in the fish. So those are some fish doing some wild and crazy things, but at least <laughs> they're, uh, they're using some protection, right? Right. They, right
1: so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's with the fatigue thing, it's, um, yeah. it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that people love B12 shots and five-hour energy and Red Bull right. and all these things. Yep. It's because people are just dragging. And the thing is, is that the fatigue is not because of a deficiency in, in caffeine or because right. of deficiency in B12. I mean, maybe, right. maybe with B12 potentially, <laughs> but um, but there's more underneath. So let's dive into this a bit further. Why are people so freaking tired? I mean... Yeah. What are some of the things that are draining people of, of their energy?
2: Sure, sure. So we have to think about this. There, there's a few pieces. And the reason that – there's two reasons that doctors hate fatigue so much. The first is it's one of those symptoms. It's, it's like the, the hydra, the story from legend, right? So here's my Dungeons and Dragons creeping back into it. But the, <laughs> the hydra is like a dragon, right? He has a lot of different heads attached to one body. Um, and and that's kind of like fatigue. Fatigue would be the body, and then many different things can cause that fatigue. Then the other side of it is there are certain diseases, right, that have names that that fatigue can be caused by, but there's many other conditions before they become diseases that can cause fatigue, and that's what's so exciting for, for you and I, Lauren, is that there's so many things that we can intervene in before it gets really bad, mm-hmm. right? Before you have, you know, severe hypothyroidism, so your thyroid's not working anymore, or before, you know, many other conditions that, that you know, now you're really, truly sick. So like everything, you know, people are faced with a choice when you, when you're tired. Mm-hmm. You can either, you know... Uh, double up on the on the, on the the Red Bull and the sports drinks and the caffeine and everything and kind of march on. But if you ignore the fatigue, you know, it, it's going to get worse for you. So let's get into some of the reasons uh, that people have fatigue. And if you are someone you notice some of these things going on for yourself, you know, there are some of these things you can look into and take care of yourself. And some of them you should have a good competent healthcare practitioner on your side. But Let me just say, you know, someone who believes deeply in prevention, sooner is always better than later to get a lot of this stuff looked at. Mm -hmm. So, when we talk about fatigue, we have to think about this for a second. Now, this may sound like an obvious point, but really, what is fatigue? And when we think about it, there's mental fatigue where, you know, your brain is not working as well as you want. And then there's Body fatigue, where you know your your body your muscles your your limbs, and everything are not working um, as well as you want, so we have to think that fatigue on the most basic level is a lack of energy, so you don 't have enough energy to power your body and your brain for as long or as intensely as you want to
1: mm-hmm.
2: now, a pretty simple answer. But if we start thinking, okay, well, if I don't have enough energy, what are the things that give me energy? And then we can start, we don't see, we don't break it down so much as do you have a disease. When we get into systems-based thinking, we think about what are the systems that uh, that, that are involved here and what are the things that could be Interfering with them,
1: mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Right? So let's just like peel it back of what's actually creating energy for us in the first place.
2: Sure, sure. Well, the most com- I want the place I want to start um, the least sexy place, but for many people, the most important that we have to touch on before we get into a, some of the more complex stuff is really about lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So the most common reason for fatigue, and any guesses? Lauren, uh, lack
1: of common. lack of sleep would be my my best guess. Yeah, that would that would be the most common one. Yeah. Right.
2: So, uh, you know, based on the stats, there there are a few of them going around, but we can say very safely that since the 1960s, the average person sleeps uh, le- an hour or more less per night. So we get an hour or even more than that less sleep than the average person did in the 1960s.
1: Yeah, and our uh, lifestyle is so much more intense as well, right? So right. like we probably need even more sleep than they did back in the 60s. Right,
2: right. I yeah. mean, so this is this is the uh, there's there's two sides. I mean, we all need sleep and most of us lead over busy lives these days, like hey, a 26 or 27 hour day would be really helpful if we could have it. Um, so most of us, you know, by the time if we're dealing with kids and a job and then we get home and we take care of our necessities, only then are we getting any free time to kind of attend to, you know, our enjoyment, relaxation, um, and personal fulfillment. And most of that time is coming out of time that we really should be sleeping instead. Right. So this is something, you know, you can beat to death about, but at the end of the day, you gotta sleep. And if you're tired because you're not sleeping enough, then the simple answer is you know you don't need more B12 and you don't need more uh, you know other nutrients you don't need more stimulants you just need more sleep yeah you know um so we'll leave that one there but please at the end of the day you know think about your sleep patterns and if you're not getting enough sleep at night your fatigue could be as simple as your body telling you I just need more rest
1: yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's one takeaway from this: <laughs> it's go to bed, get more sleep, and and uh, we'll put in the show notes as well. We did a show a few weeks ago with Sean Stevenson. Um, he wrote the book Sleep Smarter, which is an amazing book. I'm actually reading it right now. And so, if you want more tidbits about the healing power of sleep and the the magic window that you want to really get in terms of your the you know the hours of your sleep and mm-hmm. all that, you can check out that show. And we'll put that in the show notes.
2: I was going to say we, we generally recommend anywhere from a fourteen to thirty day uh, you know sleep experiment, which is just try adding an extra hour of sleep a day for either two weeks or four weeks, and many people report you know there in terms of their brain function, their energy levels, their mood, all of it is mm-hmm. much better for that experience.
1: You're better you're better looking when you sleep. There's <laughs> actually studies looking at those who are sleep deprived and how they actually aged over not very long period of time. So, it's real beyond just the energy factor. But Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's move yeah. on. So,
2: let's move on. So, another really common thing that we see in a lot of people is blood sugar issues. Yeah. Right? Huge. So, if blood sugar dro- so think about it. One of the major sources of fuel for your body is your blood sugar, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to load up on carbohydrates all the time. But the bottom line is, if your sh- blood sugar is not stable, then both your body and your brain are not able, it's like, you know, trying to drive your car, but you have a crimp in the hose of the that, that takes the fuel from the gas tank the engine, like the the engine's not going to run very well. The car's not going to drive very well. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens. A lot of people, if they're eating a lot, especially a lot of refined and processed carbohydrates, you know, if they're starting the day off with like a juice, a smoothie, a, mostly a fruit smoothie, a bagel, uh, a donut, a croissant, that kind of stuff. So the common breakfast around these parts for a lot of people right. is you hit up Starbucks and you get a croissant and uh, a coffee, you know, and often mm-hmm. that coffee isn't just coffee, but it's loaded with syrup and sugar and all sorts of other things, you're setting yourself up for a blood sugar crash within the next few hours, and when your blood sugar crashes, so does your energy, your concentration, your focus, all of that's going to go down the tubes.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Same. Yeah, it's like, you know, a big a big uh, topic in the paleo and primal health world is the topic of intermittent fasting. and right. I I love this topic because I think that it, in theory it sounds amazing. And mm-hmm. I will say I think men tend to do it a little bit better than women. I think they can handle it a little bit better. But Bye. if you're dealing with a lot of metabolic issues, if you're finding your energy is crashing at different times throughout the day, or if you're not sleeping very well – I don't think that intermittent fasting is a great idea. I think keeping your blood sugar really stable with really good, consistent meals is key, especially breakfast time. For women, I recommend 20 grams of protein for breakfast, and if you're not getting, if you're not getting that, you're just running on fumes the rest of the day. Or if you're, you know, getting more of the carbohydrates and less of those good proteins and fats, like you said, you're going to nosedive and you're going to be reaching for some coffee or some sweets within just, you know, an hour or two. Right.
2: I completely agree. Look, intermittent fasting can be spectacular. And some people do really, really well with it. But what we're finding is more people experiment with it is some people just do really poorly yeah. with it. The other thing we'll find is, you know, it's that typical pattern of they're skip people skip breakfast, they may be eating lightly for lunch, and then they just go home and they just power down right. all sorts of junk, right? Totally. And then, not only for weight loss goals or body comp, like the way you want to look, but also energy and mood and everything else, they just, they just do really poorly. So this is going back to the premise we were talking about at the beginning of the show, is you know your own body, and just because some expert on the internet, even a podcast like this one, says that this is the way it is, you 've got to filter that information through your own self, and if you feel bad, then you know that, that, that is not the right approach for you
1: yeah. You know. one, of, one of the things that I talk about with my patients is a, a, a good good little self-test where you can reflect for, for yourself if you're having blood sugar problems would be if you find yourself jittery and anxious and feeling kind of hangry, mm-hmm. and then you finally eat a meal and you feel so much better, mm-hmm. like you feel like yourself again, that's a good clue that you could have hypoglycemia or low blood sugar issues. And then on the right. flip side of it, if you find yourself where you eat a meal and then you feel tired after... It Mm can either be a couple of things, either that food is not agreeing with you, like a food sensitivity, or it could be that there's some insulin resistance where you're getting that influx of glucose, which is that blood sugar. But if you're insulin resistant, you can't actually get that glucose into the cells very well. Mm -hmm. So it'd be one little clue at home is, you know, do I feel so awful until I eat and then I feel like a human being again? Okay, probably hypoglycemia. If it's the opposite where I'm, you know, I I feel fatigued after a meal, then it could be insulin resistance. And if you're having both, it's possible to have both. (laughs) But yeah.
2: Some people, unfortunately, they end up getting the short end of the stick on both sides sometimes. And that that, that can be rough for sure. Yeah. Um, I also do want to point out, you know, there is, uh, so many people have heard of the term circadian rhythm, which is, it's all about day and night. That uh, there's, obviously, we have these rhythms. We're supposed to sleep at night and be awake during the day. There are other rhythms that go on in the body, too, called ultra radian rhythms. And they're, they're talking about di- other different cycles. Now, one of the things is humans have one of the low points of our day is around that 2 to 3 p.m. period. That's the dreaded after-lunch dip. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly there are things you can do to, to counteract that. Um, And it can certainly be abnormal, like a lot of these things like poor lunch choices, blood sugar dysregulations, you know, caffeine um, and other stimulants, poor sleep, all of those things can factor in and make it 10 times worse. But I do like to point out to people that in most traditional societies, this whole idea of a siesta in the later afternoon um, is one that honors more of the natural rhythms of the body and the the American or the Western notion of just kind of powering through the entire day, Mm -hmm. um, we're not being very kind to our natural inborn rhythms either. So um, just to say, you know, if you experience a bit of a downturn, now this isn't like, you know, falling into a coma on your desk and being non-functional, but if you notice your mood, your attention, your focus is less and you're kind of fatigued, Understand that in that afternoon period, that's not necessarily that something is broken for you. There's that natural cycle. And if we all lived according to our own rhythms, um, we would probably take a break or go do something physical or, or, or something else during that time period and then come back yeah. Um, after that, you know, the rhythm changes again.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a very powerful inner marker that the body needs a break. So, right. having right. the ability when you're working or if you're in school, if you can take those breaks for yourself, go outside, take a walk, kind of take a take a load off, you know, and then you right. can go back and get that recharge. Well, definitely,
2: you know, research suggests that if, you know, and there's debate on this, but basically, after about 90 minutes of of focus and concentration on something you you start to get diminishing returns and so you know there are different systems with different times i mean there's one called the pomodoro technique which mm-hmm. kind of says you're setting a timer you're working intensively focused for a period of time and when the timer goes off you basically take a little break do something different move your body etc cetera, etc cetera, and then come back and do more you do these cycles of work
1: mm-hmm. right yeah
2: that works for so, me Absolutely. Well, there's a great book I wanted to recommend for people. It's been out a while. I only recently got to reading it, and it's called The Power of Full Engagement. Mm. Powerful mm. Engagement by Jim, I believe the name is Lair, L O E H R. Jim, mm-hmm. L O E H R, Jim Lair. Um, and he t- talks very much, this was helpful for me personally as well, not only in understanding fatigue, but in understanding myself. He says uh, uh, to, to, you know, quote, to, not to quote him here, but to paraphrase him here, you know, the machine age with computers and machines, we've sort of got this idea that we should be like them. That mm-hmm. is, you know, you power up the machine or the computer and it just works like solidly. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that that our energy should be like a marathon, basically, you know, you get going and you just kind of keep going until you get to the end. Right, mm-hmm. he says. <clears throat> instead, again, understanding these rhythms of the human body and these cycles—that as much as we, that's how we want that to be. The reality is that we're more like sprinters in terms of our energy than marathoners. Mm-hmm. So again, that idea we were just talking about—that we can work really intensively and hard on something for a little while, but then we actually need to take a break. Do something different or focus on something different or rest even before coming back and doing more sprinting. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you one example. Last week I had a really busy week. I was pretty much jammed for the entire week. Friday came around. Fridays I don't work, so it's my day to do other tasks, uh, catch up, do some research. Uh, spend some family time, do a variety of things. And Friday came, and I had a giant list of stuff to do. So this is, you know, I'm sure everybody listening feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you kind of get your to-do list emptied, it seems to magically fill back up again. Right. right? <laughs> so it was Friday came around, and I'm like, okay, I've got like, you know, 15 things I want to get done. And the reality was my brain was going nowhere that day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like many people, I felt guilty about it. Like, oh, man, I should Be doing all this stuff. I've got some free time that I'm not working. I've got the, you know, at work seeing patients. I really should be doing stuff. And the fact my brain was just like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so remembering this book, The Power of Full Engagement, and how we have to take some downtime to have uptime helped me like relax, cool my jets. And I actually ended up taking about three quarters of Friday off. Uh, just goofing around, uh, spending some time with family and friends. And then by the end of the day, my brain was reengaged again and ready to go. And of course, I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. But I came and turned around and got stuff done. And so Mm. there is as much as we want to be and you know, you'll see this on the internet with different people like how can I be maximally productive all the time? (laughs) Is it you know, uh, getting things done. Is it, is it, you know, all these different systems or, you know, we're going to talk about supplements in a few minutes. If, if I just take enough of these supplements or drink enough caffeine, can I be productive all the time? And the answer is no. Right. That's- that's right. You yeah, know.
1: I love I love that topic too of just the the life changing magic of rest and and carving out those those breaks for yourself. And one of the things right. I've I've been doing for probably about three or four years now is I schedule a vacation every 90 days. Oh, and wow. and nice. even if it's just a three day weekend, I'm mm-hmm. carving that out and that's my own little personal vacay. And I started doing that years ago. And and there's something even just magical about knowing it's gonna come up in three months. Right. Just having it scheduled, and you know you're not even anywhere close to it. But just knowing that's coming, it kind of has that feeling of rest that's around the corner and so having little breaks like that built in, I think it's really key and this is especially important important for business owners, especially important yep. for you know busy moms, people who are in a very um you know uh, Outer focus type of job or you know mm-hmm. life position that they're in. It's like if you're constantly caring for other people, having that that rest and care for yourself is so essential.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we you know it's the what we call the the oxygen mask and the plane yes. issue, right? And this is moms. So we see this. I see this all the time. I'm sure you do too. Is you know they they've got this list of everybody who needs care and attention and time. And they put themselves at the very bottom of the list. And what that practically means, again, because we don't have that 26, 27 hour day, is that most of the time that means their needs don't get met at right, all. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what that means is they don't put their oxygen mask on. They're running around like crazy, helping everybody else out, and then they collapse themselves. Right. Right. Yes. So we always tell moms it is not selfish. To give a little less to your children, to your spouse, to your family, to your work, to whatever, and take a little bit of time to care for yourself because the reality is if you don't, it, you're not going to be able to care for anybody before too long. Yes. You
1: know? So, so true. Let's dive so, into some other things that women absolutely. deal with a lot. We both we both see a lot of women in our practice. I know that. Sure. and Yep. And so, I mean, one of them that I didn't really ever expect in my own practice was just the mm-hmm. life changing magic of of iron when a woman's right. deficient in iron i mean it's like right. it's crazy especially using injectable iron or ivs when they're really really deficient it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh their glimmer comes back their hair stops falling out they have energy again i'm sure you see this oh. too
2: oh yeah Well again, we sort of think about okay, what does your body need to make energy? So we've covered a couple things like look, you gotta sleep enough or your system can't function, you've gotta have enough blood sugar, it can't function. Uh we didn't even mention exercise, but you know, you've gotta be able to move your body. Sometimes people are too tired because paradoxically, because they're not moving, everything kind of stagnates. Other people, we got our super A-plus people on the other side, they're actually exercising too much yeah. and they need to, to relax. But then we think again, okay, so you've got the the con- some of these conditions and you've got to have enough blood sugar, but then you've also, in order to burn that sugar and make energy, you've got to have oxygen as well. Yeah. Right. And how does oxygen get through your body? It has to be carried in your red blood cells. And how do they do that? Essentially, they use iron Mm -hmm. to do that. Right. And we have a lot of women these days with issues with their periods, right? A lot, it's really common, at least in my experience, to see women with really heavy cycles, irregular cycles, just a lot of, you know, a lot of bleeding, Mm -hmm. basically. And then, you know, a lot of our, you know, people who are trying so hard, being so health conscious, they're pretty much staying away from some of the major sources of iron, like, frankly, red meat, for example, because they've been told that it's bad for them. So we see women with high output, like they're bleeding a lot, and low input, and then we also, in my practice, I'm constantly seeing digestive issues. So a lot of times, even if women are, are taking in more iron, their digestion is so poor, they're not really absorbing it well.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And so they're iron deficient or, uh, or, or, you know, they can be frankly anemic. And anemic basically means that you can't, you know, you can't make enough blood or enough blood cells. So you're all, every single cell of your body cannot get as much oxygen as it wants to. Mm-hmm. And again just like a you know a fire or an engine or anything you can put as much fuel as you want you know stack up all the logs in the world uh in that fire but if there's no oxygen they don't burn no energy is created mm. basically right I love that so,
1: analogy that's awesome
2: Yeah so You know, iron is a big deal, and and frankly, I mean, you you know, Lauren, you and I see this all the time. Uh, The lab work that is done for many people is just so shoddy. A lot of, yeah, you know. Um, And I don't know about you, but I'm seeing, especially in these last about year and a half, two years, uh, for me at least here in Seattle, it's taken a downturn. It's even worse now. Mm-hmm. than it was a couple of years ago because unfortunately insurance is paying for less and less for people. And so I'm finding, you know, even in women, even women with heavier cycles, they're just not really getting their iron checked.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then for people who, who maybe have a, an open-minded doctor and they can request certain labs, what are some of the labs you think are essential for those who want to look into their iron levels?
2: Absolutely. So There are really three ways that you can look, okay? The first is the simplest way, and that's looking at your red blood cells. But here's the deal. Here's the analogy. So you can imagine that iron going into your body is kind of like money that you're getting paid for your job. And so you get some money. Hopefully, the first thing that you do with that money is you pay your bills, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, have a place to stay and some food to eat and things like that, right? And you can imagine that the body does the same thing. So clearly, look, if you had no red blood cells, you wouldn't have any oxygen going anywhere in your body and you'd be dead. So your your body thinks it's really important when it takes that iron to use it and make red blood cells, okay? If you're anemic... You can imagine this is a situation where you can't even pay your bills, right? Like they turn the heating off in your house because you, <laughs> you don't have the money. So the body can't even pay its own bills with iron. So the basic test, look, if you come up anemic, you are very low in iron, okay? Mm-hmm. The next test is just called uh, There's an iron panel. Again, this is, these, these tests are cheap. And the fact that doctors aren't ordering it and insurance doesn't pay for it is utterly ridiculous. But it's going to tell you about how much iron is in your blood. So again, we can back up a step. Iron comes into your blood and then it has to get used up. So these two tests can tell us is it being used to make your red blood cells and how much iron is there. And those are really useful. The third test that I think, again, should be run all the time is called a ferritin. Okay? Ferritin. F-E-R-R-I-T-I-N. Um, and this is not all that often checked and you can think of ferritin as like your bank account so you get paid money and you immediately have to spend some of it to pay your bills and that's like making your red blood cells and then whatever's left over Your body sticks away in ferritin, and that's sort of your bank account, how much iron is left over. And I frequently find women who are fatigued, they're tired, right, their brain may not be working very well, their body's not working well, they're exercise intolerant, that is, you know, they they want to exercise, but they're winded so easily, or they don't recover very well, and again, there can be a lot of reasons, but we'll check their ferritin levels, and we'll see that they're not anemic. They have enough red blood cells, they can pay their bills but they're basically living paycheck to paycheck and they have very little ferritin left. Mm-hmm. And we often find that they while they're not anemic, it still significantly affects them.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that analogy. That's so cool. I love I love the visuals.
2: Well, you know, a lot of this can be really complicated and you know, for you and me, Lauren, who who've been to medical school and we get all this stuff, it's like, "Oh yeah." But over the years of talking with patients, one of the things that I found is that a lot of people, a lot of doctors, you know, they they get so impressed that they know all these big words like ferritin and all these things, and they forget that other people haven't been to medical school and don't know these things, And, and patients you know just like anybody no one wants to look stupid so they'll nod and smile and then you know they basically have no idea what you're talking about
1: right right
2: <laughs> and and that's not their fault they didn't go to medical school so i think it's incumbent on us on you and me and all the other doctors out there to make sure that we talk in a way so that people really understand what we're talking about mm-hmm. right yeah. and ana- these analogies and stories they they really help me and i found not only do they help me, but they help a lot of other people understand what's going on too. For
1: sure. Yeah, so besides the oxygen piece, another reason iron is so essential is for the conversion of, of T4 into T3, right? So the active thyroid hormone. Right. So yeah, I mean, another huge cause of fatigue for people.
2: Right. So thyroid is huge. I mean, I see it, God, like every week at least. Yeah. You know, and again, this comes down to the conventional system and the way they check and diagnose and find thyroid problems. I mean, you know, if I, if the, the, that thing, right? If I had a nickel for everyone who came to me and said, well, my doctor checked my thyroid and told me it's completely fine, and you check their thyroid, and you're like, nope, not completely fine, mm-hmm. right? So I know you've had plenty of people on to talk about thyroid, but often, you know, a superficial check of your thyroid is not enough to, to say that your thyroid is perfectly fine. Here's what I tell patients. The, the standard test that a medical doctor will run or, or some other practitioners, a TSH and maybe a T4, can tell you if you're, if it's abnormal, it will be that there is a problem with your thyroid. If it is normal, all it tell, it, it, it doesn't tell, it doesn't mean that it's normal. It mean, it could mean that it is normal or that there's a problem going on. So, in other words, if the TSH is messed up, then you definitely have a thyroid problem. And if the TSH is normal, you still might have a thyroid problem. Right. If, if you're having these other fatigue and brain fog and things not working properly, I mean, look, if you feel fantastic and have a normal TSH, then you're fine, Yeah. right? But if you're sick or messed up or hurting or you know, you're not doing well and your TSH is normal, That doesn't mean your thyroid is fine. It just means that test can't tell you whether it's fine or not.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Right. So we definitely, we can go into it a little more if you want, but definitely you know, be sure you really have a good comprehensive thyroid check before you can you know, mark it off your list as not being a thyroid problem.
1: Yeah. I think for, for those of you who want to dive more into thyroid, I'll leave a link to our previous thyroid shows and you can click on that. It'll be in the show notes. And yep. so um, you can dive. There's so much more to learn about the thyroid, but I think that the main takeaways is, is how Um, You know, iron relates to thyroid health and how important iron is for your oxygen of your blood and that's essential for energy. And then if, um, you know, if you're having other things like difficulty losing weight, you're having maybe some hair shedding, um, you know, other, maybe you're dealing with some dry skin or... Um, for, don't know.
2: forget, don't forget constipation. Constipation.
1: No. Thank you. Some of those mm-hmm. symptoms, if those ring a bell, then definitely click on the uh, the thyroid shows that the thyroid um, links that'll be in the show notes.
2: Absolutely. So
1: yeah, let's talk yep. about mitochondria. I love mitochondria. I think it's super sexy. What yep. is it? What makes it work? And <laughs> how can it get off balance?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is where we get a little bit more nerdy and kind of in the trenches here. And I, I do want to pause for just one second and say that um, you know. Uh, a lot of people, you know, myself included, are tempted to jump all the way down to mitochondria without first checking. I mean, sometimes it's not mitochondria. Again, it's just sleep, or it's blood sugar, or it's anemia, or it's some of these other issues. So please, even though to me this is kind of the sexiest, most interesting part, don't forget those basic things. Yeah. Right. So mitochondria. Um, shall I nerd out for just a second? Yeah, nerd out. Uh, Get it. So um, <laughs> basically mitochondria are what make possible all the advanced life basically beyond bacteria on our planet. So if we did not have mitochondria, the only living things on this planet would be bacteria, Mm -hmm. right? So way back in the primordial soup back in those days, um, Bacteria are only able to get so big because they can only make so much energy, and to get bigger than that requires more energy, and they just can't can't do it. It'd be like saying, you know, why why doesn't my little four cylinder? Um, here I'm getting a little old on this one. Geo Metro. I don't know what the what the uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the uh, uh, what the what the new version of that is. But you know, why doesn't my tiny little car? What isn't here? Uh, you know, why doesn't my lawnmower go as fast as a Ferrari? And the answer is, well, you know, it doesn't matter how high you rev that engine, it can only make so much energy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing, a bacteria can only make so much energy. So back in the primordial soup, what happened one day essentially was one bacteria swallowed up another bacteria. And the crazy thing is, instead of like exploding or just falling apart, those two bacteria decided that they would become friends and get along with one another. And the bigger outside bacteria decided that, it would take care of and feed the smaller bacteria, and the smaller bacteria decided that in exchange for that room and board, it would make a lot of energy and give a bunch of it to the, other, to the outer bacteria, mm-hmm. right? And those inner bacteria evolved and evolved along with us and became what are called mitochondria. So these are little organs inside our cells uh, that, that produce energy. Mm-hmm. And so without these, again, if you don't have these mitochondria, um, you can't make much energy. So if you will, I get, the analogies get a little blurred here, but the mitochondria really are the energy or the motors that drive all of your cells. And so every single cell in your body uh, has these mitochondria.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. Woo.
2: Need to take a lap. (laughs) You know, yeah, well, uh, I'm trying not to devolve into biochemistry here, but, uh, (laughs) but tremendously interesting, right? So at the end of the day, okay, we're talking about how the cells, every single cell of your body needs energy and essentially can get those from two, one of two places, uh, you know, blood sugar from things like carbohydrates or fat, as well. And then it has to combine that sugar and that fat with oxygen to make energy. And the place that it does that are these little mitochondria inside your cells.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. And you need certain nutrients to make this happen, certain cofactors.
2: Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. There are (laughs) a bunch of them, to be honest. So, you know, listen, if you have a problem with your mitochondria, that's going to cause a lot of fatigue. And so, you know, there are just a handful of uh, They found genetic defects in mitochondria, and many of them are fatal. So uh, if you guys are listening, you don't have any of those defects. Uh, <laughs> yay. But yay. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, uh, there, are, there are a few genetic issues. And again, mo- that's mostly not what we're talking about. We're saying, listen, what are the things... If this is where the rubber hits the road and we really make energy, what does the little mitochondria need to make energy and what are the things that can get in the way?
1: Right. Right?
2: And so one of the things, like we, we briefly touched on exercise earlier, what is one of many things that exercise does for your body? And that is it stimulates your, all your cells, especially your muscles, but many of your cells to generate or create more mitochondria. So imagine, you know, if you've got your your car and if you drive it fast and driving it fast actually makes the engine get bigger. Mm-hmm. But that's essentially what getting exercise does for our mitochondria. That's
1: really powerful. So basically you can create more motors within your cells by creating more exercise in your life. Right. That's huge.
2: So, so that stimulation. So again, we, we touched on the fact that not moving your body Mm -hmm. can make you tired and you start to think, well, how in the world is that possible? Like I'm not using energy. Mm -hmm. One of the things they've shown, uh, is, uh, and I may get my numbers exactly wrong here, but basically after a number of hours of not moving, we start to see the mitochondria, those little power plants start shutting down and eventually, uh, uh, committing suicide or just killing themselves because mm-hmm. the body's saying, "Well, if we don't need all of those motors, all of those cells, all this other stuff, it's a waste of energy to keep them around." So it starts removing them, tearing mm-hmm. everything down. fascinating, right? So that's not to say you know you can jump up and and a few minutes of exercise is going to magically make everything better. But again, one of many, many reasons why having some regular exercise, regular movement, regular activity in your day-to-day lives helps is because it stimulates your body to create more of these mitochondria and with more mitochondria means more energy, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. So these mitochondria, one of the issues now becomes they actually need a whole you know, slew Of nutrients, so we talked about B12 earlier. Well, these B vitamins are intimately involved in many aspects of the mitochondria. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I find that, again, people with digestive issues, uh, you know, well, A, with poor diets, and B, even with good diets, if their digestion is really messed up, many people seem to be running low in these B vitamins.
1: Oh, across the board, B1 through 12, yeah.
2: And so we often find uh, whether it's using a good, you know, high-quality Good potency B complex, whether it's you know doing uh, IVs or or shots of B vitamins, um, can really give people you know a kick in the pants. Again, because you're giving these mitochondria and other cells these nutrients that they need to run properly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, right? absolutely.
2: Another nutrient that I, I found now a lot more people have heard about is CoQ ten.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And again, people hear about it in in the context of the heart. It's good for your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things is your heart is a muscle that beats all the time. At least we, we hope it does. You're probably not listening to the show if it's not beating right now, right? But it can't ever take a break. It needs to be beating all the time. And so the heart has the most mitochondria of any other tissue of your body. So each one of those heart cells is packed full of mitochondria because the heart constantly needs energy 24-7 all the time,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: And these cells, CoQ, the mitochondria, rather, CoQ10 is a vital, vital nutrient uh, for these mitochondria to work properly. Yes. Right? And we found that several things, first of all, over time as we age, so CoQ10 is a nutrient that when everything is working properly, your body should actually be able to produce by itself. But as people get older, we found that their levels of CoQ10 tend to decline, like their, their ability to make CoQ10 goes down. Now, again, why is CoQ10 so good for the heart? Well, if your mitochondria in your heart aren't working as well as they should be, that means your heart has less energy to pump then it should, and that's not a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Now, it's interesting to think, now there's a medication that's out there, it's really common nowadays, and two of the biggest complaints of it are muscle pain and weakness and memory problems. Any guesses what, what this medication is, Lauren?
1: Lipitor.
2: You got it, statin <laughs> drugs, right? So statin drugs, two of the biggest side effects are muscle pain and weakness, so your, your, your muscles hurt, and you're weak, you're tired, and your brain doesn't work as well, and CoQ10 is made in the same cycle as cholesterol, and is interfered with by statin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we find that if you borderline, have borderline levels of CoQ10 to begin with, and then your well-meaning but misguided doctor puts you on a statin as well then your CoQ10 levels will often just plummet. Yeah. And now, you know, we always tell everybody, look, if, if you're going to be on a statin, in my mind, it's criminal if you're not also told that you need to be on CoQ10 as well. But many people don't know it, haven't been told it, you know, and-, and Well, often-
1: I think it's a good gauge if your doctor doesn't tell you that and they put you on a statin, it might be worth looking for another doctor because that's so archaic knowledge now, you know. If, they, if they're not hip to, to the CoQ game, then uh, move on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Personal opinion, yeah. Absolutely. One of the other issues is for anybody supplementing CoQ10. Now, again, one of the richest sources, food sources, because people will say, where can I get this in my food? The only place that really measurably has levels of CoQ10 is heart. Mm -hmm. So that would be like beef heart or other animal heart. Again, think about it. Heart has the most mitochondria. Mitochondria have CoQ10. So by consuming heart, you're getting the CoQ10 in that heart.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now,
2: if you want to supplement with <laughs> CoQ10, um, there's a couple things to keep in mind. So, CoQ10 is fat soluble, meaning it can only be absorbed with fat. So, when you know, for my patients, when they're taking CoQ10, I'm always recommending they're consuming it with fat. So, if you're eating an apple or a banana and taking your CoQ10 pill, you know that you're not getting as much out of it as you should be. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing is, if your digestion is having any issues, you're having trouble absorbing fats, now I see a lot of that, some fat malabsorption issues, whether it's a gallbladder problem, a liver bile problem, other digestive problems, you're not going to be able to effectively absorb that supplement. So I've seen plenty of people, they're taking a CoQ10 supplement and we test them and their levels of CoQ10 are really low and they're kind of puzzled how could this possibly be? I've been taking this CoQ10 supplement and we get to, you know, well your digestion stinks and no wonder you're deficient in these various nutrients.
1: Yeah. Right? Mhm.
2: So, uh, should we keep going?
1: Yeah, well, I think let's see. I know there's a few other nutrients we wanted to talk about. I'll yeah. kind of spoil it and mention them and if there's one in particular you really want to dive in deeper then let's do that. So, sure. other nutrients would be L-carnitine, there's mm-hmm. also alpha-lipoic acid. There's Mm -hmm. also something called PQQ as well as resveratrol. So these are all very important cofactors and nutrients needed to create ATP or to create energy in the body. So let's maybe pick your favorite doc and we can dive a little deeper into that one
2: sure so let 's take the two more unusual ones that that some people have heard about resveratrol before mm-hmm. and so uh, but and then we'll we'll talk about p q q because most people have never heard of that one before um, so very briefly, resveratrol I- is a plant compound if most people have heard about it it 's because of they they say that 's why red wine is so good for you, even though that's that 's probably not true because the reality is. You'd have to drink a few gallons of red wine to get like a really significant amount of resveratrol. Right, (laughs) But, But, you know, studies have shown that resveratrol can be quite healthy and there is some debate here. But one of the things is resveratrol is not necessarily something that mitochondria use, but it seems to stimulate in the same way that exercise makes more mitochondria. Resveratrol seems to stimulate the body to create more mitochondria. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear some people out there, and this is a little overstated, but say, "Oh, resveratrol is like exercise in a pill," which everyone's like, "Ooh, that!" they are like, "Hey, exercise. sign hey, me up!" <laughs> hey, yeah, really? I'll totally take that. I got a
1: subscription.
2: I'll, yeah, no kidding, and I would too if there truly that truly was the case. Now, there's <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good reasons to exercise, and we're just highlighting one of them. I, I hope people listening to this don't need you know, a, a big pep talk about exercise. I, I know it's inconvenient for a lot of people. Uh, you know, we'd say, look, you know, f- find the thing that brings you some happiness that you enjoy doing and focus on doing that. And and really, when it comes to fatigue, a lot of people, again, say, I'm too tired to exercise. And that might be true. But one of the things many people find out is, you know, that that exercising gives you energy, mm-hmm. again, right? Uh, so resveratrol, can be a very useful nutrient because it helps stimulate mitochondria. Now, PQQ, and that's the abbreviation, and I'm sorry, it's a gigantic long name, and I don't remember um, exactly, pyridine something, 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 um, is another nutrient that has some pretty darn good data behind it that's been shown to stimulate more mitochondrial creation.
1: I found how to say it.
2: Okay, go for it.
1: Pyroloquinoline quinone.
2: There you go. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah.
1: Awesome. Woo! Woohoo.
2: <laughs> um, so PQQ is one. So we talk about a variety of nutrients here, right? Like B vitamins and CoQ10 and carnitine are all essential nutrients that the mitochondria need to function. Uh, PQQ and resveratrol are two nutrients that can help stimulate more creation of mitochondria so we can start to stack these things and really use them synergistically because again you can imagine if you know the car the the engine in your car is not working very well you don't want a bigger engine to start with you just want one that works period right then when your mitochondria are in working order you it is a good thing to stimulate them to create more of them Mm -hmm. right and so we talk about uh, things, again, like exercise and potentially of using nutrients like PQQ and resveratrol, um, another resveratrol-related compound, terostilbean to try and stimulate the production of more mitochondria right? Because again, as we age, we tend to lose mitochondria and, you know, lose energy and lose muscle and lose a lot of these cells that we really need to keep if we want to be energetic and youthful and everything to work the way we want to. And we want to get on with our days, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, I recommend, uh, often, uh, not as the first step again, that people, uh, you know, jump to these nutrients, but that as the rest of everything comes into play, that these supplemental pieces can be incredibly important for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not forgetting about what the real base is, and that's the, the lifestyle piece, the, the exercise, the sleep, the good diet, you know, railing right. your blood sugar, all that good stuff. So, right.
2: Because we could have started with these nutrients, but if you're tired and you just go, great, I'm going to like, I'm right now, I'm Googling PQQ and CoQ10, and I'm just going to, you know, (laughs) I'm just going to start taking them, you know, maybe that will help. But the reality is, you know, you're, you're looking at the, at the, the top when you're neglecting the base as well
1: yeah yeah such good stuff doc i love Thanks. it any um yep. any parting words anything you really wanted to touch on and forgot about i think we have some real good juicy content for people to help boost their energy levels
2: yeah um you know just that you know i would take away a couple things again like we said one one is that you know look if you're tired and you don't feel good and you go to your doctor and they say, your tests look normal. Your thyroid looks normal. There's nothing going on here. You know, don't don't buy it, right? Don't settle for a low quality life where you're tired all the time. Yeah. There are lots of things that can be done. Yeah. Let me give, uh, you know, one. here's just one quick example uh, of a patient and that we're still in the starting... Phases. So I had a patient come to me uh, and they have chronic fatigue, like so tired that they could barely function. They were, you know, sleeping 16 hours a day and waking up tired. Um, they'd go and do something and then be so exhausted uh, that they had to go back to bed again. I mean, this was like an extreme example of fatigue. We took a look at what was going on for the person, and we definitely saw that there were thyroid dysfunctions, and one thing we haven't even talked about, in um, this one is uh, the adrenals as well, can be a really significant part. This person had was so tired that their diet was really poor, um, and they were having big blood sugar issues, uh, and one of the things we did to start with for this person was we found that uh, we gave them a little bit of thyroid medicine, very specifically some T3, Uh, the active type of thyroid medicine. And we actually used a little bit of cortisol replacement therapy and gave them a little bit of cortisol. And for the first time in years, just with that intervention, um, they were able to get up and active and, and back to at least a partial life. Then we did some further testing and found that, like for example, they were quite low in a bunch of their B vitamins, and we started getting their B vitamins corrected, um, working on their digestion, working on many other issues. And it's still a work in process for this patient. But you know, they were basically written off by the medical system and told that there was nothing that could be done, or here's an antidepressant if you'd like to have one, uh, and you know, good luck. Mm -hmm. And you know. I know I see it every day, and I'm sure you do too, Lauren. So many of these people that have been given up for for dead by the conventional system, there is so, so much that can be done for them. Yes. Um, You know, and so... I just tell people out there, listen, if you're listening to this and you're hearing anything of yourself in it, then know that there's some hope, you know, seek out and find a good practitioner. I know, you know, Dr. Lauren's great. There are many of us. I'm also available. You know, I work uh, both in person if you're in the Seattle area and uh, do virtual as virtual visits with people as well because there's such a shortage of doctors like Lauren and I out there to help people. Um, so there are resources available. If you'd like to check me out, um, you can visit my website. It's aspire natural health. that's aspire as in a s p i r e aspirenaturalhealth.com That's all one word or you can check us out on Facebook we are there quite a lot at facebook.com slash aspire natural health. So. Awesome
1: Doc. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for coming back again for another Mm -hmm. show. And I so appreciate you being so generous and giving us your time and your knowledge and doc, thank you so much again for joining us. I so appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll talk real soon. Right. Thank you so much, Lauren. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Take
2: care. Bye.
1: Bye. All right, my dears, that is the show. Thanks so much for joining me again. So appreciate the listens and the support. I hope you got a lot out of that show and had little tidbits you could take with you to help boost your energy. Uh, would love so much if you're listening to the show and getting some value out of it, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and share a comment. I read each and every one of those. That would be amazing if you could do that. And for more information about me, DrLaurenNoel.com, as well as ShineNaturalMedicine.com. Have a wonderful rest of the week, you guys. Love you so, so much, and we'll talk soon. Bye.